up? Another episode of Ripple Effect Podcast. I am back with Vinny Cognano and James Corbett, my two good friends. And uh, even though I actually have never met these guys in person, uh, it is a blast just getting together with these guys every once in a while and talking and doing our, our little roundtable conversation. If this is the first time you've ran into this uh, Ripple Effect Roundtable conversation with me, Vinny, and James. Uh, check out the other episodes we've done. I believe this is our third, so we've done two other ones. And uh, and James has been on a bunch of times, so he's done a bunch of solo appearances on the Ripple Effect podcast. If you want to check those out. And uh, Vinny's also been on um, recently with another musician, and we talked about music and uh, musical theory and, and conspiracy theories and a bunch of really interesting stuff So and philosophy, so check that out too. And uh, this is another really interesting conversation. Uh, Vinny had this idea of us talking about ETs and aliens and UFOs, and, uh, and it's a topic that I think neither James nor I have really dove into, so we're all about it and we knew it'd make a for a fun conversation so it was it was a really fun conversation and like i expected there was a lot of i don't knows but there's also a lot of like you know a lot of conspiracies there's a um there's a lot of little pieces of truth and a lot of interesting facts to kind of keep the conspiracy alive and keep your your brain thinking of all the possibilities so uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the conversation let us know what you guys th- think if you have any opinions then also give us some feedback but i won't tell you too much more about the conversation just uh enjoy it and hopefully you guys uh don't mind a little different topic than usually what you're probably used to from the ripple effect podcast or james corbett or even Vinny, who usually talks about music and musical uh music theory so also remember to rate the show Go on iTunes or wherever you uh, you you listen to the podcast, Stitcher, wherever, and and also leave reviews. Anybody who has, I truly appreciate it. I have a Patreon page. Support the show if you can, or buy you know purchase Theory Six music, which goes to supporting the show. Also, I'll also support my guests. Vinny has an awesome YouTube channel. You can check out. I'll put in the show notes. James Corbett has one of the best alternative uh, news and media websites uh, available online. JamesCorbett.com or the corporatereport.com, sorry. And that will also be in the show notes. And uh, I think that's it for now. So enjoy the very interesting and fun conversation I had with Vinny and James. And I'll see you guys in the next one because I guarantee there will be a next one with uh, with the three of us. So uh, who knows what the next topic is. And if you guys have a opinion or a suggestion for what the next topic should be, let us know. We're, we're all for it. So thanks again, guys. And I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Have you guys been going down any uh, UFO or ET rabbit holes since uh, the email? Uh, well, you know, I was telling James, uh, it was an odd coincidence, but uh, you know how I'm a Beatles freak, and uh, I saw on Facebook somebody posted uh, May Pang was John Lennon's girlfriend for a while when he was having trouble with Yoko Ono, and there's a famous moment where they spotted a UFO in Manhattan looking out their window. So, uh, 
That just happened quite coincidentally. It's my fault that we're talking about ETs. I'm the one that came up with the idea. So. <laughs> well, you know, it's well, funny. Yeah, go on, James. I was just going to say, I, uh, uh, Vinny sent me that link, so we'll put the put that in the show notes for people um, to that interview. It was interesting because I'd heard that story before, and obviously John put it in. Uh, what nobody told me. Nobody yeah. told me days like these. Uh, there's UFOs over New York, and I ain't too surprised. So right. I'd heard, I knew that story vaguely, but I'd never heard it told, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize May was there and saw it as well. So the, it was an interesting story, anyway. And for me, it was particularly endearing because May Pang is. She looks very Asian, but she's a native New Yorker. So she was talking like this the whole time, you know, like a New York person, you know. It just blew me away. <laughs> that, that, is, anyway. that, that is a weird thing about, uh, about certain people from th- different places. Because, like, anytime you see an Asian or somebody that you know is definitely not from, uh, you know, uh, America, you know, you think, like, the typical Western European-looking uh, person, you... You know, the second their English, you know, comes out perfect, sometimes it can startle you, you know, if you just, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so, but, um, I get that all the time. I tell people I'm from Japan and they say, wow, you speak good English. <laughs> <laughs> How is it? Have you, have you picked up the language, uh, James? I'm sure uh, some bit, a little bit, right? You've yeah. Been, you've been there. I mean, I can get by, yeah, more or less. D- does your wife speak, uh, she must speak some English, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. She spent a year in Vancouver, I think, like oh, your wife a decade ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, but cool. she, she yeah. spent like a year in Vancouver and now speaks fluent English. Oh, that's... I've been here over a decade and my Japanese is good enough. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is funny how some people just get, can do that. I, I've met people who've came to, you know, have been in the country for just a couple of years and I'm like, really? Your English is amazing. My parents have been in the country for, you know, over 30 years and they barely speak any English, you know. But we live in a little Portuguese community, so a lot of times you're kind of not forced to have to learn language because you go to Portuguese bakeries, you go to Portuguese uh, butcher shops, you work for a Portuguese employer. So you never really, you know, and then you have uh, kids like they, they do who, uh, who can translate for you. So you really are never forced to have to learn a language. So, it, uh, you know, I think it kind of held them back a little bit. But I, it is nice because I it forces me to have to continue to speak it, uh, to communicate with them, and, and my kids are exposed to it. So I think that that's great. I, I think there's some good studies about uh, kids who, who are bilingual seem to, to you know learn quicker and, and do better in, in school or whatnot. Mm. So um, I definitely try to push that on, on my children to try to learn multiple languages. And you connect with people differently. I'm sure, James, when, you, when somebody hears you speak Japanese, and they're like, oh, this, you know, you know our language, and they open up, and you know, and and they're much more uh, friendlier because you have that connection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny actually. Whenever people see me interacting with my boy, um, he speaks English and Japanese, so we speak both. Really, we move back and forth, and uh, people are always interested in that. <laughs> but for me, it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's just the way he grew up. Yeah, it's weird. I've had somebody ask me like, "Oh, what what language do you dream in?" You know, like uh, basically they're asking me which language am I most comfortable speaking, and I never really thought about it like that. Like, "Oh, which language do I dream in?" But it, it made sense, and uh, they're like, mm. "Oh, you go from one language to another without ever even thinking about it." And it's weird how you, when you grow up with both languages, you just subconsciously can go like, "I can talk to my mother, then talk to somebody in English, then translate and go back and forth," or sometimes mix the you know the languages because. There's a, a word I don't think they'll understand in one language, and and uh, and you just do it without even thinking about it, and uh, so it is pretty amazing. And then with Latin languages, you know, like Portuguese, um, 
you know, you just disc- description and then the noun are like in reverse, then, you know, uh, then, then the English language. So like you do that without ever really thinking about it. So you do all these little things without really, you know, subconsciously. But can you speak like Yoda is the question for today. <laughs> you cannot. know that Yoda's speech pattern was based on Japanese. Really? The verb at the end. Ah, there we go. Okay, yeah. so he was like a a, a a Japanese, you know, martial art master type. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And by the way, Ricky, uh, the real acid test, I think, is what language do you think in? I honestly, English has has taken over my my thought my dreams. Mm. I, I I'm so I'm around it so often, especially since like I you know once I moved out of you know my parents' home, I don't really mm. speak. Portuguese that much besides their like family and and uh and sometimes I'll do it to my kids just to kind of get them still exposed to it uh luckily my parents are still alive and they and they babysit and uh you know once in a while so it, it's nice to for them to be exposed to that language and uh but I wonder I wonder if if they're exposed to it enough where they're going to pick up on it because I, I know people who have grandparents who spoke Italian or spoke whatever and um and then never really picked up on it you know and mm-hmm. so uh so I'm trying to kind of push it upon them and, and hope that they pick up some words they a lot of times you'll end up you know the kids will end up at least understanding it um they might not be able to speak it but they'll be able to understand yeah. it i i have a niece she's like that she understands it uh pretty well but doesn't really speak it that well or she's at least embarrassed to try to speak it because she doesn't feel comfortable speaking it and i've gotten to that point where like you know if i meet somebody right off the boat portuguese or if i go back to portugal I'm so worried that I've slanged my language and I'm slanging it and I'm using these, you know, this Portuguese English mixture and they're going to make fun of me because they, I remember last time I went to Portugal, I, I would use words and like, Ricky, that's not a word. And I'm like, and, and, uh, and you know, and I'm just, uh, you know, and, and we, we get so used to just slanging it, you know, yeah. where, where you end up mixing the language. And the thing is like, because we live in this Portuguese community, we all end up using that slang. So everybody understands you. You don't realize right. you start forgetting yeah, yeah, yeah. which words aren't actually a part of the Portuguese vocabulary. It, it's funny because me and my wife, people ask us, what, what language do we speak? And I'm like, neither <laughs> it's it's some weird amalgamation that we've created that we understand perfectly that no one else probably on the planet would understand yeah that's exactly the same case like i like in our community there's a lot of slang words i mean last time i went to portugal it was just it was funny because they would i remember them laughing and i'm like once they would laugh i know that i just said something that wasn't really a word and uh and then it, it you know it, it didn't hit me how many of these words were just everybody just kind of understood what it meant because it was some like hybrid of portuguese and english and uh and and then you know you, you meet somebody who hasn't been exposed to that and they're just you know so it, i think it's nice to when we did go to uh, Portugal, I haven't been there in uh, quite a bit, but last time I was there, like being exposed to only Portuguese for, I think we were there for a month and a half or two months. I mean, I came back, my Portuguese was amazing. And, but slowly, but surely, you know, it, it gets back to where it was. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty uh, amazing how, how the brain works like that. But uh, to, to get back to uh, what we were talking about, I wanted to open up with you guys. Let's get right into, uh, have you guys ever, or do you think you've ever saw a ufo or anything that couldn't be explained who wants to start with that was my starting question for you guys my answer is no really never yep even as a kid you never just looked up and said what the hell is that well occasionally but then it was like oh no no that's a satellite that's a you know that's a whatever error in the 
making a star twinkle or whatever. But well, n- never really anything serious. Well, I have a feeling me and Vinny were much higher than you growing up, and uh, and we <laughs> we 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 might have we might have since, <laughs> and we might have uh, we might have seen some stuff. Uh, I definitely feel like I've. Uh, it was funny because again, looking back, you just never know if it's your imagination or not. But in the moment. Um, f- I, m- my brother and I played in the metal band growing up where we started playing when we were like 13, 14. Sometimes we'd play uh, real late and after band practice, we'd go outside and hang out and bullshit for a little bit. And we would sit on my parents' front steps and we'd just look in the sky and we'd always see weird things. And, and some, like there's been, there's a handful of times that there was definitely, uh, and again, like I think when people use the term UFO, uh, they think, you know, automatically it's a, you know, I'm saying that I saw an alien. All I'm saying is I saw something that I couldn't identify. And it was, you know, it was something that moved in, in a way that I couldn't ident- identify or understand. And uh, we we definitely scared it. There's a few times it scared the shit out of us enough where we ran inside the house. But we were kids, so you don't know, you know. And, and I wonder as an adult um, if I spend as much time looking up because that's something that you never really think about either. Is like, you know, how often do you actually – I mean, I go – I just came from um, – playing basketball it's 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 kind of uh dark here now i mean i walked to my car got out of my car got home i never once looked up you know i haven't i don't know if the stars are out i you know so it's like who knows what's going on in the sky that i'm just you know not looking for and uh and it's it's i wonder if maybe when i was a kid i was looking for something and then you know maybe i just didn't understand it was a shooting star you know or, or whatnot but uh but i'm i'm convinced that i we definitely saw something that we couldn't, un- we didn't understand, and we couldn't identify that moved in really weird uh, ways. But again, that's with you know we we you, you talk about it all the time, James. I mean, the government's technology. I mean, they're it's much more advanced than what we know. I mean, by the time we know uh, what facial recognition is, uh, they've been using it forever. You know, all so who who knows how advanced they are. Um, and and what type of breakthroughs they have, and and I mean, with all the money we spend in in uh, defense, you know, um, then pff, you you have to assume they they're making some, uh, uh, you know, they're making some leaps and bounds to to you know maybe have have had some breakthroughs that we we don't quite we haven't seen yet, and we don't quite understand yet. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, oh so, damn, there was a point you brought up. Have you ever seen anything? Ever, <laughs> uh, many, many a time, I've seen all sorts of weird stuff. Because when I was a kid, I mean, when you're a little boy, it's kind of like, especially when I was growing up. I mean, the UFO thing was just starting to hit public mainstream awareness. So there were two things I was interested in as a little boy: dinosaurs and UFOs. You know, I used to draw UFOs and draw dinosaurs, and I was totally fascinated with them. I did see the, my earliest sighting, I must have been about 12 years old, but I'm pretty sure it must have been a satellite. It was something, it was like a cylinder that seemed to be moving past the sun in the broad daylight. Um, the only thing, yeah, it, it could very well have been a satellite. I've seen those before, uh, kind of a silver cylinder moving very slowly, nothing erratic about it. But I've seen, I've seen quite a few very bizarre things in my life. Yeah, I have. Now... What's your guys' opinion? Because some people believe that, like, okay, uh, there's no way, that, you know, anything. I mean, I, I think that it's a little naive. This is just my personal opinion, and I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. But I think it's a little naive to think that we're the center of the universe. And with all the, you know, other uh, possible universes and, 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 I mean, to think that we're the only place that has some life. Or who knows, even the only place that 
ever had some life. I mean, who knows if if a million billion years ago Mars had some life, or if we, you know, it's. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Graham Hancock, but this idea that. You know, are you familiar with his work, uh, Vinny? Graham Hancock? Oh, totally. I'm, that's one of my real interests is uh, forbidden archaeology. Yeah. I love that stuff. Well, this idea that, like, we, we you know, he, the way he describes it, I, I believe that, like, you know, we have, the like, the starting point of civilization till now, and we just think that it's, like, this this line that just keeps going, keeps going, but we, we never stop to think that maybe there could have been a hiccup. Maybe, I mean, you look at a lost city of Atlantis, you know, the stories of that, and, you know, we could have developed and 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 progressed and and uh gotten smarter and 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 then something happened and then some new civilization maybe found some old uh you know some old maps or something because i mean i think that's one of his pieces of evidence is a, is an old map that had i don't know if it was antarctica or something like that before oh yeah they, antarctica yeah before they actually found antarctica uh the guy who who drew this map uh, I wish I actually had this information, um, but you guys can Google it. <laughs> but uh, this guy, he he basically ha- found this. Don't Google. Don't yeah, don't Google. You saw something else. <laughs> Go on James's Cor- Corbett's uh, a website and just put it in the search engine. I, there's about no topic that you can't find a video on <laughs> on James Corbett's uh, a website. And start page. But it's uh, so stuff like that is really intriguing. Do you guys? I mean, what's your opinion on? Do you think that that's a possibility? Do you do you do you uh, subscribe to that idea? Uh, uh, Shall I go first? Okay, Um, this is my thing. All right, first of all, you know about the discoveries made in India, very anomalous discoveries of uh, little figurines that look like astronauts, that look like submarines, that look like airplanes, the whole bit. Um, I believe very much so that there were advanced civilizations before ours, and we're very arrogant to think that we're the only one. Um, You know, if you look into the really esoteric uh, uh, Rosicrucian literature, they talk about uh, four different uh, uh, great calamities that occurred, not just Noah's flood and not just the flood of Gilgamesh, but even before then and before then. And each of these calamities, uh, humanity had to start over again uh, from, from the bottom. So, uh, you know, I do believe, you know, there's, there's a, some sort of huge crater in India that's radioactive. And it's like, you know, they carbon dated the, the place. It happened, it was like thousands and thousands of years ago. How could it be radioactive unless there was nuclear technology? So, you know, I, I think there's a lot that, first of all, the Smithsonian, you probably know this very well, James, is hiding a lot of information and bearing information about our past. Why they want to hide it from us, God knows. So, yeah, I, I, I believe, yeah, I, I believe that... Uh, we had prior civilizations that were probably even more advanced than we are. I totally believe that. Yeah. And speak, speaking of Mars, by the way, even as a little kid, I always had this instinctive feeling that a long time ago, millions of years maybe, there was a civilization there. I really, truly feel there was. Well, I, I haven't studied the ancient archaeology stuff in depth. Um, I know there's a lot of stuff out there and I don't discount it. It's just, it hasn't never been my bag. So I can't speak to that too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the general point of does other life in the universe exist? The only thing that would truly startle me is if humans were the only life, (laughs) intelligent life in the entire universe, that would be truly startling. That would be an amazing thing. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't know if that would be scary. That would just be amazing but uh but uh yeah so i i certainly don't discount the idea of life elsewhere in the universe i certainly don't discount the idea of that there has been visitation of some sort 
But I do discount almost all accounts of <laughs> such mm-hmm. visitation because this is one of those areas either I don't trust necessarily the people who are telling me this information or I don't trust that the people who are telling me this information know what they're talking about. Um, maybe they believe that mm-hmm. they saw whatever, and but maybe they're being deceived. So it's one of those topics it's exceptionally difficult to uh, to really unmask and that's why we all t- tend to go back to that question. Well, what have you seen? Did you see anything? Did you experience it? Nope. <laughs> so how are you getting this information? It's the perpetual it's, problem. It, it's my feeling that the source of conspiracy theory itself comes from the whole UFO thing. That's where it all started. Because that's, you know, people say, well, doesn't the government know about this? Oh, well, they must be hiding something. And that's, I think that's where it all began, is in the whole UFO thing. X-Files, uh, the truth you know. is out there. It's the grainy UFO picture. Yeah, it's clearly embedded in the public consciousness. Which suggests that perhaps we're being conditioned to believe in this phenomenon. Exactly. It, you think like me, Vinny. Yeah, yeah that's, that could exactly be part of it. Now, James, you, you believe that it, it would be in, in their interest to, to get us to believe in UFOs? Like, what would they gain from it? Good it question. Could, yeah, it could be. And the problem of speculating as to why they would be doing that is that we're speculating about speculation at this point. So, I mean, it like with any intelligence operation, the only thing I know is that we don't know what they're not telling us. But why? what are they holding back and why are they holding? So what information do they have and why are they holding that information back? I mean, there could be a billion possibilities that we can't even begin to speculate about because we don't have the missing information. Um, so actually, let me tell this story, which I don't know if I've ever told before. But one of the my first entrees into the conspiracy world, way before I started the website or anything, um, was probably 90, 98, 99, something like that, way back when. And I was uh, still in university at that point. And I remember I was just, uh, I was it, Google was a new thing at that time. And I remember, oh, I wonder what happens if I type in James Corbett, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as everyone does uh, when they first encounter that. And uh, I got, one of the first results was something like, uh, I think it was Tom Corbett Space Cadet. Um, I'm like, what the hell? What's that? So I click on it, and it's this site called Enterprise Mission. Oh, that's uh, Richard Hoagland. Uh, Richard okay. Hoagland, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I encounter this site, and it's this. It's so bizarre to me. It's this uh, this page about, you know, those old viewfinder things that you had when yeah, you were yeah, a kid, yeah, and you yeah. click through. So there was this one that was this story, Tom Tom Corbett, space cadet. And it's about, uh, you know, a future in the future. I can't remember what year, 2012 or something, you know, something significant. Um, the, uh, the, the, the space cadet goes to, uh, they, they find something on, I think, on the moon. And uh, it's at 33 degree parallel on the moon surface or whatever. And it's some sort of hidden, like, pyramid-like object that tells them to go to Mars or something like that, and they go to Mars and they find, and and it's a it, so it's this children's story about them going through this uh, the solar system and discovering aliens or something. Um, but this site was like examining each slide and like talking about the significance of thirty three degrees and and the pyramid and all of this stuff. And I'm like, what is? They're taking it so seriously. Is this <laughs> is this real? Like, what on earth is going on? So I started reading the site. And so, of course, you know, Richard Hoagland and the, the face on Mars and all this stuff. And so that was really one of my first entrees into the conspiracy world because I was just so 
intrigued and baffled by this. But then there was all these real things that they were bringing up about NASA missions and the timing of the launches and certain constellations being at certain degrees above the, the horizon. And, right, and right. the fact they have runway, what is it, runway 33 and the launch pad 33 and launch pad 195 or whatever. And they're like examining all these numbers and stuff. And it, it was just it was crazy, but fascinating to me. Um, so th- I, that was one of my first entrees, and that's how I, I I suppose maybe that is one of the early seeds that got planted for me for thinking about these things. Because you know, even before I even thought of starting the Corbett Report or any of this stuff, I was already like, yeah, there's something seriously weird about NASA. I always knew that. But what are they keeping from us, and why would they keep it from us? I mean, as you probably know, Hoagland's idea is there's this hyperdimensional physics that has to do with, you know, the pyramid geometry and stuff like that, the tetrahedron and spinning energy vortices or whatever. And so they want to obviously to keep that technology and that 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 wisdom hidden. And that's what the secret societies were about and the Freemasons and things like that. They encode this information in their stories and the 33 degrees and all that. And that's how this information gets passed on for the secret clique that rules over society. That could be, I mean, that certainly could be one explanation for this. But again, there could be a million other explanations that we can't even begin to speculate about. Well, one thing I worry about doing sometimes is that because when you watch these UFO uh, documentaries, uh, like Out of the Blue or whatever, or uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Greer's uh, uh, documentaries or Ancient Aliens, you're, you, a lot of times you think like, okay, you're just connecting dots. These are just coincidences. But I always worry because uh, I'm like, well, I don't want to think like that be- because maybe I think this person's full of shit. Because I know that a lot of times when I talk about real conspiracies that happen, uh, that people will just still dismiss it quickly by saying that's just a coincidence so i i try to catch myself to make sure i'm not just saying the same thing you know or try to catch myself by saying is it just a coincidence I, do i do i truly believe in this because i want to believe in it um and i think that's something that we all uh have to do a better job of doing is is that i think a lot of times you know when you when you talked about the credibility of people who believe in these ufos yeah i mean when somebody uh who's telling you they were a, they saw a ufo or they're abducted by aliens or whatever and uh you know they're also sitting next to their uh, sister that they introduce as their wife and um, you know then it makes you wonder you know maybe I should second guess anybody who's wearing a NASCAR hat you know <laughs> was that a reference to something in particular because I have no <laughs> idea what that means no I was just making fun I was, I was, making, I was making fun of the Southerners that was all I was, <laughs> ah okay 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 you know, I, I they, thought that was a reference to a specific person anyway no, no, alright guys I invite you to check out a guy named Alex Collier and watch one of his videos he has one of the, the most remarkable tales uh, uh, it's so far out that it's unbelievable of course with all these UFO tales it's like that but the thing is Alex Collier himself when you watch him speak it's it's he's frighteningly sincere it 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 seems like he claims to have talked face to face with people from Andromeda right and uh, he was very um, secretive about it. He came out in 92 and then disappeared and didn't want to talk about it. He, w- he wasn't like a Stephen Greer who's trying to become a guru and famous from what he's doing. By the way, I totally distrust Stephen Greer altogether. Really? I, was I was don't ask believe you guys about, him about at him. If, I was gonna, that was the, one of the questions I was going to ask you guys, uh, what you thought about Stephen Greer. I know he's been on uh, the Rogan podcast. I know Abby Martins uh, interviewed him back in the day on Breaking the Set. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know He has two documentaries out. I mean, the only thing about 
him is, you know, it, it's it is pretty amazing how many people supposedly in upper levels of government that are going along with what he's saying and are putting their reputations on the line. Either they're all fucking crazy or, you know, I mean, which isn't hard to believe. I mean, I guess we have this assumption that if you're, you know, head, uh, uh, you know, department of whatever and uh, and you work in right. government, you must be a sane. John Podesta must be a really exactly. intelligent and well put together human being, right? Yeah. <laughs> but actually talking about Podesta, I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you guys, we're, we're all music fans and uh, that, that's initially what, uh, you know, brought us, the three of us together on our first podcast. The 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 musician from uh, Blink One Eighty Two, Tom, uh, uh, whatever his last name is, you know, another guy who was a part of that Podesta. Um, DeLong. E- yeah, DeLong. Yeah. yeah, and he was to a the pa- Stars Academy. Yeah, I was just watching uh, Truth Stream Media have an excellent like fifteen minute encapsulation video about uh, his appearance on Rogan and what it really means. It's called "The Alien Agenda Just Jumped the Shark." I really recommend that video because they bring oh, up all cool. of these points and 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 uh, they dissect what Tom DeLonge was telling Joe Rogan at any rate. Uh, I haven't really followed his story, but just watching those excerpts and the, he's talking about how, yeah, he was interested in the UFO thing. And then suddenly, you know, he's getting this invitation to go meet these defense uh, officials and they're sharing all their secrets about the alien technology with him and stuff. And there's something very questionable about that. Like suddenly that word suddenly uh, all of a sudden these people are interested. Same with Stephen Greer. He, I, he, I love the fact that he's always saying I'm a simple country doctor. Well, then how did you get access to heads of state and the pope and all these people? What makes you so special and important that you could do that? I mean, God knows it's hard enough for we are changed to approach someone like Kissinger or whatever. Uh, so there's something very suspicious about that man. And well, Tom DeLonge. It's, I think there's a big club. But, I really do. But he did have that. Well, hold on just yeah. a second. Vinny, I mean, you know some people in the music industry. And there are lots of crazy stories with these big rock stars and their, you know, occult societies and all this stuff. I mean, you must have some juicy stories about something related to this. No, I, I, I never rub shoulders with anybody you could call important in the industry. I've met a few on occasion, but not enough to, you know, get an invite to a masquerade ball, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> a good thing. Yeah, I'll uh, eyes yeah. wide shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's the whole thing's really interesting because the weird thing is I don't want to believe either Tom or Dr. Greer. And but the thing is that it's weird because Tom was a I mean, he he did have emails that were uh I think he was a part of the, the WikiLeaks uh emails that, that that they leaked and uh and it's like, well, what the, you know, like that was that seems to be true at least from like my research because he he's talked about that. I've looked it up and unless it's fake what I saw online um, was a email. You mean from Podesta? Yeah, he was a part of the. Yeah, he had an email okay. either yeah, from was, Podesta or vice versa. Makes Podesta. sense. Yeah. And and uh and it's like, well, what the hell is he emailing? Is he a big fan of Blink One Eight Two? I don't know what what's going. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I uh, well, I I mean, the way it's uh, the way that True Stream Media's take on it is, I mean, here's the big music industry celebrity. I would call him a D-list celebrity at best. Tom Who to most people, Tom DeLonge. Yeah. But uh, but uh, kind of like a public PR face for whatever 
whatever propaganda they want to feed out. Right? Well, the only, the only th- to, to argue that, I, I would say, if you're going to do that, wouldn't you want somebody who's more relevant? Because he's not. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> like, why would you choose Tom DeLonge? Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they had their peak when I was a kid growing up. I mean, that's when they were, you know, really at the, you know, at their peak of their career. And so it's like now it's like a lot of kids growing up were like, who the hell is this guy? And who's Blank-182? And, you know, it's, I mean, <laughs> wow. I, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's weird because, but that's the other thing. It's just, but even with like Stephen Greer, he did have that press conference with people that apparently did legitimately work in government and 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 there are, there has been has been people like uh, what's uh, Edgar Mitchell who's the astronaut who's who saw uh, claims to see stuff and and there's been astronauts and people who and I think even a past president I don't know if it was Ford or Carter or somebody who said that they they saw a UFO outside the White House I'll have to uh, not Google that I'll use some other search engine but <laughs> um, but it it's it's interesting because they're they're and then I think Obama had like a. He was uh, doing some uh, some small talk with Kimmel on his show, and he was talking about uh, UFOs, which was kind of weird. And uh, there's a Bill Clinton. What, qu- wasn't it Clinton? I thought well, it was no, Clinton. They, they talked about Clinton because Clinton oh, Clinton actually wait. had a quote about uh, about something about before he got into government. Uh, some some janitor told him that there's a lot of stuff you don't understand, this and that um, that that we don't know. I forget what the quote is, but then he, he you know, once he became uh, got into government, he's like that guy was right. Uh, so it's a lot of weird stuff that it's like little hints and little, it makes you wonder because, but then it makes you wonder how much access these guys really have because apparently the the story goes and who knows if any of this is true, but that Clinton actually tried to get access to, uh, some files and, and some research. But I mean, there, I mean, operation blue beam, uh, there's been things like, uh, like that. There's been, um, uh, you know, obviously Roswell, the real, uh, you know, well-known case of that phoenix lights i mean the phoenix lights we don't know what the what happened there i mean at the end of the day like that's a that's probably one of the the most important uh stories because it really it's still unexplained the governor ah, it was just some flares don't worry well the governor said that and he made it the joke by bringing out this guy dressed up as alien but years later interviewed and said he it was just so many people were were worked up and scared or whatever he was trying to just kind of lighten up the mood but he are you familiar with the uh, phoenix lights Vinny? very much so and by the way i believe those black triangle craft are totally black government projects. I, I am totally convinced they are not extraterrestrial, but they're very impressive. Uh, do, you, do you think so too, uh, James? I don't know, but I would. Uh, that would probably be my first order of speculation. But do do you think they would they would fly it over a whole city like that and let everybody? Because there was a reason why people yeah. were outside that day too. There was a. Uh, I don't know what it was. It was something that was going on in the sky uh, that people were looking out for. So it just had more people outside looking into the sky than, than usual. So there was a lot of video, a lot of good video for especially something that happened in, in the 90s of this yeah. whole thing. And uh, I mean, it could obviously be, you know, a government. but how scary is that, that they had something that big that people were talking about? Football, you know, multiple football uh, size uh, craft that made totally silent, totally Totally silent, silent. and people could just Mm -hmm. see stars disappear while it went, uh, you know, it was going uh, over them, and it would just take up the whole sky, and and I mean, it's pretty insane, you know. So, 
Uh, and James, I mean, you've done a lot of research on you know government technology, DARPA, all this stuff. I mean, it, it, it's not out of the you know realm of possibility that it could have been. Yeah, covered. but yeah, it goes back to that question then. So why yeah why would they do this in such a public way that is guaranteed to be seen by lots of people? And that uh, that goes back to I think the point that Vinny's making that yeah I think conspiracy culture as it exists today, probably does have its roots in Roswell and all of that, right? I mean, that's it. so much of it goes back to that type of thing. So is there a conspiracy to implant conspiracy culture? <laughs> that's the question. Right. And if so, why, right? And well, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was going to say, like earlier you mentioned WikiLeaks, there are some conspiracy theorists who believe that that's simply controlled op uh, opposition. If you leak, if you're leaking information, right, and you're in control of it. You could you could say what information you want to get out, what you don't. So some people believe that WikiLeaks is just another side of the conspiracy. This gets really confusing. This stuff. Yeah, and and I know James is one that believes that. I mean, I've I've heard his opinion on Edward Snowden and and uh, and, and stuff like that. I mean, I it's hard for me to to pick up. Uh, a position on that because I know how important, I mean, obviously a lot of people who have been in alternative media and have really had their eyes open and, and doing research and, and in, in the know, uh, understand that Edward Snowden wasn't the first, um, uh, you know, I, when I had, uh, Thomas Drake on mm -hmm. my show and we talked about how Edward Snowden said that there would be no Edward Snowden if there was no Thomas Drake. And, uh, so he definitely wasn't the first, he was the most, obviously the f most famous story and most popular story. Um, I don't, you know, it's hard to believe that the because a lot of people, you know, average people who don't really know what's going on or keep track of what's going on. Uh, Edward Snowden was the story that kind of, you know, maybe put a little bit of fear in their hearts and scared them a yeah. little bit. So, it's just, hey, that's exactly right. Yeah. And and look what happened. I mean, he came out and released those documents and everybody rose up to to dismantle the NSA. And now we don't have the 702 FISA program. It's all been dismantled and we're all happy again. Right. Oh, wait, no. Oh, absolutely nothing changed. People are now aware the government is spying on them and doing nothing about it. And the powers are continuing as usual. So, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder why they would do something like that. But I will say a lot of people who, who you know, when when people like ourselves were talking about this and, and Alex Jones and people, you know, maybe you could dismiss and say, hey, these guys always have the conspiratorial uh, opinion on things. And uh, it did cement the idea that, no, actually, the government did have the technology to be able to google anybody's name and and just look up uh, turn on my webcam turn on anything they want and record everything and uh and and i mean it was insane and and this a lot of times it wasn't even the government uh that was that could have access to it it was boost allen and, and private companies who have no reason to you know to to evade our privacy and uh which makes it even scarier so it's it's weird because it's like I could see both sides of the argument how the government um, how they how they gain from that and and also how maybe some people became more aware of it who or or maybe was easier to convince them that this was going on after that story came out. So it, it is it is hard and it, and again it's one of those things that I'm not sure we'll ever really know uh, you know where. But WikiLeaks has, you know, that's the other thing. WikiLeaks has been much weirder throughout the last couple of years and they've done some really weird things and 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 even a lot of people who are on board with assange and and was a fan of his has really said hey this guy's a little cuckoo and he's acting kind of weird and i don't know whose side is he on anymore so it does make you wonder you know what, what's going on but 
you know what? If I was stuck in a house for that long in one building, yeah. I'd probably be going You'd freaking go crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the important thing to remember with these characters, Snowden and Assange, I don't know, and I don't presume to know, and I, at the end of the day, I'm not sure I particularly care whether they are in on whatever op is being run, but they might just be the convenient vessels for that op to be run. In the exact same way, in the ET space, you know, there are people who are shown certain things and might be led to believe certain things, and then they go around saying this, hey, I, right. I saw this, I saw right. this, I, right. I know this, I'm a, I'm a leaker, I, I've got this information, and they genuinely believe it, but they themselves were misled that this is how these ops work. On that note, let me bring up a controversial example. Bill Cooper, the man who most conspiracy people bow down and worship his name. He's, oh, he's, he's on Mount Olympus. You can't say anything bad about Bill Cooper. I think most of those people probably haven't read his actual book or books, works. I don't know. I don't know how many he has, but I know Behold a Pale Horse, which I actually have read. Uh, specifically on page uh, 212, 213, when the aliens were confronted with this finding, they confirmed that it was true. The aliens explained that they had created us through genetic manipulation in a laboratory. They stated that they had manipulated the human race through religion, Satanism, witchcraft, magic, and the occult. They further explained that they were capable of time travel and the events would indeed come to pass if the conditions were not met. Later, exploitation of alien technology by the United States and the Soviet Union, utilizing time travel in a project named Rainbow, confirmed the prophecy. The aliens showed a hologram, which they claimed was the actual crucifixion of Christ. The government filmed the hologram. We did not know whether to believe them. Were they using our genuine religions to manipulate us, or were they indeed the source of our religions, with which they had been manipulating us all along? Or was this the beginning scenario of the genuine end times and the return of Christ, which had been pre predicted in the Bible? I do not know the answer, block capitals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bill, do you even know the question? Uh, I mean, I don't know. So this guy comes out and has this absolute crazy nonsense in his book and yeah years later recants and says you know what I, I was duped I was misled but how many decades was he on the UFO circuit promoting this stuff yeah you know I saw the crucifixion of Christ in a hologram like just total nonsense um, that he then goes on to recant mm -hmm. so how much can we trust any of these characters coming out with these types of stories what about, absolutely what about absolutely. Bob Lazar what do you guys think of Bob Lazar he he was one of the guys who exposed the uh, area. Unfamiliar. 50, yeah, area fifty one. He the, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the interesting thing about Bob Lazar was that didn't he know of some element that wasn't, I guess, technically an element yet, and then he knew about it way before it actually became an element, and that was like one fifteen. One fifty. Yes. Which is again another weird thing that it's like okay. He seems kind of crazy, and he, he talked about the government reverse-engineering UFOs. And I mean, this goes back to World War II. I mean, Hitler was attempting to define UFOs and reverse-engineer them. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too familiar with, you know, how far he went to, to do that. Uh, are you familiar with, uh, you know, did he, I mean, there is some, um, some people believe that he really believed in UFOs and was really looking to uh, discover one and, and reverse-engineer it. Some people believe the Nazis found the gateway to the hollow earth in the Arctic, but uh, yeah, yeah, I love uh, you that. Know, I'm not sure I'm really on board with that, but uh, yeah, and we've all seen the footage of the UFO, the Nazi UFO, the flying saucer thing they came up with that got like two feet off the ground and wobbled before you know falling down, kind of thing. So I'll be right back, guys. I gotta open the windows, yeah, okay. yeah, no, no problem. And uh, yeah, Bob Lazar, I know, I know, I, I when you said it, I knew I knew the name, but. 
Uh, it's been so many years since I looked into this. Yeah, stuff same, I, same here. I didn't remember. Yeah, I know the, the two things I remember the most about him was, uh, I mean, I know the the reverse engineering. It was the I, I just looked it up. Yeah, it was Element One Fifteen was uh, was undiscovered at the time, and he, you know, he claimed. A, I don't know if he claimed the government had it or whatever, but um, he knew of it before anybody discovered it, and that was one of those things that, like, okay, um, that seems like uh, you know maybe there is some truth to what he's saying. And I, I don't know the context of the claim. What does that have to do with ETs? Well, I guess it, it's. It, I don't know if it has anything to do with ETs as much as it has to do with the fact that he was a part of some government. Right. And, okay. um, so he was. Yeah. Right. Proving he was part of some sort of. Yeah. Some. Yeah. Clique. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bob Lazar was a regular guest on Art Bell, and for me, that immediately says scam. Art Bell was a flim-flim man. He damn well knows he was, and he denied it to the hilt. I don't trust Art Bell at all, and I believe that 90% of his guests, if you re if you listen to an old Art Bell broadcast and then research the person he was talking to, 90% of the time you'll see like these uh, fraud things come up. You know, oh, this guy was a hoaxer, and that wasn't but his That just name. means they were onto something, Vinny. You yeah, know, right. Yeah, yeah. They they all call it a hoax when it's you know when it's real. So. I'm so pissed off at Art Bell. I, I'm so pissed off that he wasn't for real. That that's really bothers me. Yeah, but but and, coast coast to coast has had. I mean, they've had people on that have been on my show. They've had Jesse Ventura on. They've had Gregory A. Smith mm -hmm. on. They've had legit people on there. But then they do have the crazy. I I almost feel like it was an open door for anybody. And it was like, but I mean, the problem with that is you lose maybe so. you lose credibility because you end up having. These these crazy people that talk about seeing demons or or whatever and you know or, or meeting jesus and or whatever they were talking about and then two seconds later you have somebody on who's credible and actually uh talking about some real stuff so you know i wonder how much of it was was they were purposely trying to have people on that was just bullshit or it just it was a mixture and maybe some people like you know, like uh, Bob Lazar, maybe there there was something to what he you know what he said, and he just happened to be on a show that had a lot of Looney Tunes on there. You know, so I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, again, this is this is what makes this topic so interesting, and probably why this topic has had some life to it for so long is that it won't go away. It's yeah. a it's a lot of I don't knows. You know, and and nobody really there. It, there's been so many. And again, the, the Phoenix Lights, that's probably the most credible. The Roswell thing, I mean, what's your opinion on it, James? I'm sure, you know, you, you've, you've done uh, some research on it. I'm pretty sure there's probably some old, is there an old Corbett uh, video on no, Roswell? No, 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 not never, Roswell, no. No, you've never done mm. anything on Roswell? No. And, um, and it's, so it, it's interesting because I think uh, I think even I've heard Joe Rogan say that he had original clippings of the newspaper when they first said that it was something unidentified, then they changed their they change their story and that's the part that's like okay well why if it was just something they didn't know what it was why not just say okay we didn't know what it was originally and now after we discovered but and then they said it was a weather balloon which it couldn't have been and it was just it was that seems like they're hiding something but again it could go back to yeah government see this is the yeah exactly this is the question yeah they're hiding something there's something wrong with the story no question but what and you know it, it's like um it's like uh when you take uh, some of the I, I can't remember which Apollo mission it was, but whatever Apollo mission, they had this one picture of a spacewalk and it is a picture of them training in the facility. You can match up the pictures. They are the exact same picture. It's just they kind of, you know, photoshopped or the whatever the 1970s equivalent of that was uh, out, the background out and put in stars or whatever. It is the same picture. It's clearly a manipulation. It's a fake. 
But what can we actually, I mean, what do we know based on the fact that we know that it's a fake? Right, we know that right. they fake that image, but what does that mean? Does that mean, therefore, thereby, can we logically conclude, okay, so they never went to space or, you know, what can we logically conclude from that? Not much. All we can know for certain is they faked it and they're manipulating information. Uh, they lost, they, they taped over the, the moon landing tapes and all of this nonsense, you know. Clearly they're hiding information, but to what end? And again, we are left in the speculative bubble there. James, do you think we went to the moon? Uh, yeah. You know what? Here's my take on all of this. Um, you see, th yeah, this is interesting. This is how conspiracy... Um, this is how, this is one of the potential reasons for implanting conspiracy culture, is that you can then control the conspiracy narrative. Right, right? exactly. That's so the, the conspiracy narrative is, we never went to the moon. There's no space travel, there's no technology possible, it's all a fake, we never left Earth orbit. Right? And then that's what everyone I talk to in the conspiracy sphere who talks about these things, that's what all of them believe. How about, I mean, let's just imagine for the sake of argument, maybe it's the complete opposite. Maybe the actual thing is a secret space program that's done way more than NASA is telling us, has gone way further, has done things that we don't know about, has found things we don't know about. They don't want you to even think about those things. So they make you believe we've never left Earth orbit by implanting the conspiracy. Oh, yeah, we never went to the moon. So if you're interested in that, there was an interesting documentary uh on i think it was from itv in the uk from the 1970s i want to say uh, uh, they had, it was this science program that did serious science documentaries uh on a weekly basis i think it was a weekly program and they released this very interesting program on alternative three and the idea was there is a secret space program that has gone to Mars and discovered alien life there. It's it was this was during the Cold War, obviously. It was a joint U.S. Soviet Union program. They were keeping it from the public. Th this documentary unfolded very interestingly. It's, it was kind of a War of the Worlds type of thing where it starts off, you know, just very serious, and very basic, talking about the space program. And then it gets more and more into this, and they're unraveling this conspiracy. And then at the end, they show you the footage of them landing on Mars and, and encountering this alien thing and whatever. And people freaked out when this aired on UK TV, because this is a serious science program. And what the hell did we just watch? And the phones were ringing off the hook. And they were like, ha ha, it was an April Fool's, April Fool's, ha ha. Except it wasn't released on April 1st. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of confused some people. Why are you doing April Fool's in you know, June or whenever the, it was released? And it was so th this was this bizarre little documentary. And I, I don't know if it's up online anymore, but it was up several years ago. I recommend yeah. watching it. And that... I mean, that's an idea. That's an example of a way that things could be completely opposite to the way the mainstream conspiracy culture believes, because maybe they are implanting certain ideas in the conspiracy culture to lead us down this path so we never even think to look the other way. Well, I believe one reason that they've come up with the ancient aliens propaganda, which I believe is propaganda, is by the virtual fact of what Graham Hancock and others are unearthing now, literally unearthing that it's and he'll he'll be the first to say why did it have to be ancient aliens that built the pyramids couldn't we have had couldn't we have been smart enough to develop some form of technology and i believe that and i think that's the kind of thing they're trying to keep from us our potential what we're capable of doing and if you really yeah. really want to see um 
the potential. I think, James, I mentioned this to you, and Ricky, you're a musician, so you'll dig this. Go go to a, a YouTube website, uh, a guy named Rick Beato, B-E-A-T-O. He trained his son from a very young age to do what Mozart couldn't even do, all right? Um, he trained this kid's ear so you could literally punch a piano, right, on whatever random keys, and the kid will, will have... Be flat augmented over de-augmented. Yeah, he'll just name everything. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I watched the video. It's absolutely it's, insane. It's staggering, and it's for real. It's not bullshit. One of the few anyway, things... Anyway, uh, total sidebar, but I <laughs> I did start watching Rick Beato recently because he has this new video series up, uh, What 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 Made... What makes this song great? What made this song great? Where he's going through songs, mostly from the 90s. But anyway, classic songs, I guess, at this point. My God, are we that old? Yeah. And um, somehow or other, (laughs) he seems to have the mass or a copy of the masters of all of these songs, like Nirvana on a Plane and Metallica Enter Sandman and all of them. So he can isolate the tracks and show you, oh, this is what the drums are doing here. I don't know how the hell he has that, but anyway, he's doing that on YouTube, which is pretty mind-blowing. So, Ripieto is a major player. He's inside the industry, and he's produced uh, music for movies. So he's he's like a brilliant mind. That guy, you know, you think I'm a music theory geek? That this guy is like light years beyond me. I don't I don't get a lot of the stuff he's talking about. So, you know, but Rick Ricky definitely check out Rick uh, Rick Beato. Uh, and look for his son. Do you remember his son's name? Like Josh. It's one of those one-syllable uh, yuppie kid names. I, I forget. Um, but but look for it. You'll see his son like standing with his back to the piano, and his dad will play these really abstruse, bizarre chords. And the kid is Mozart couldn't do that. And I'll tell you something. There's a story about Mozart. There was a very very sacred piece of music. I wish I could remember the name of it because it is hauntingly beautiful. This ancient piece of music that the church said the hoi polloi should not be exposed to this because it's too sacred. All right. And then uh, somehow Mozart managed to sneak into a performance of it. He memorized everything. I mean, an entire one hour piece of music with involved, you know, counterpoint, all this goes home, writes it down. And then, which I love this about him. He, he made copies and gave them to all the other composers and said, hey, here's that piece of music you weren't supposed to listen to. So, and that's, Mozart was capable of that, but I guarantee you, if if he stood in front of Rick Beato's piano and Rick hit one of those chords, Mozart would be nonplussed. He wouldn't know what. <laughs> so, so the, yeah. yeah, so the point is, our potential is so much greater than mm-hmm. we're ever told. They right. desperately want to keep that from us. I agree completely that that is a huge part of it. And I think that fits in with this. Yeah, we can't even get past the Earth's orbit, let alone go to the moon. Stop, stop that crazy nonsense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's weird because I can see the government, uh, you know, it, I can it makes sense. It's it's unlike the flat Earth theory, which makes no real sense to me on why, you know, who, who's gaining from that. But uh, the never been on the moon thing kind of makes sense because you're in this, you know, it was about showing how great America was and and beat the Soviets and all this stuff. So I could see the incentive in wanting to fake that to kind of get America and the public all up and roaring together and 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 kind of hold hands and be patriotic and uh and really capitalize on that nationalism that was going on at that time um so i i kind of i kind of get that i was was sam tripoli who said something similar to you james he's like either we've never been to the moon 
or we've been everywhere. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, um, that's one of the two. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, there's probably some truth. Yeah. But, but again, yeah, we're not getting the truth, but yeah. in which way? And why is it only acceptable to speculate about one side of that potential conspiracy, right? Uh, yeah. Why is no one exploring the other side? That, is that always makes me a bit suspicious. For a while, I was obsessed with Michael Tessarion's work. Are you familiar with Michael Tessarion? He's the most boring speaker alive, but his <laughs> stuff, he really is. But his stuff is so fascinating. He, you know, from like any good conspiracy theorist, he'll construct a story from whatever evidence is available. And his story goes like, well, I won't go into the details, but basically there was a great war in Atlantis that led to utter destruction of everything, right? So, um, these people from Atlantis, the survivors, knew of their own technology, but it was lost now. So they spent thousands and thousands of years trying to reconstruct. They knew it existed. They knew it could exist. So this is where you get like when the Renaissance happened and you start getting these inventions and scientific discovery, and then it moves on and on and on and on. Now this secret group of people who knew there was great technology is now in very close into in possession of everything they need uh, pretty much and of course it's a big secret because you know you don't want to share this with them. in a sense i almost get the mindset like you don't want to share this with everybody in the world because god knows i mean really i've been thinking a long time about government and like I, I used to be an anarchist i used to believe let's have no government but i don't think we're mature enough for that I honestly think it would be like fucking uh, Game of Thrones after a point. It would be yeah, but brutal. It, it is Game of Thrones. <laughs> it, 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 I, it's funny because when people would, uh, I remember when House of Cards came out, or, or if somebody watched House of Cards and not Game of Thrones, or somebody watched Game of Thrones and not House of Cards, I'd always tell them, I'm like, it's the same story, just taking place in different times. I'm like, it's the same thing. It's it's people doing backdoor deals, uh, people trying to stay in power, people screwing over one another, and uh and it's just, it's, it's, again, I think this is what is um, amazing is that if you do watch both series, you just, I mean, you replace cars with horses or vice versa. And it's the same, it's the same thing. It's, it's like the story of man has just rerunning over and over again. And that's why I think so many times you, you read quotes and they make as much sense today as they did when they were written because, you know, it's almost like our environment has evolved much quicker than we have, and we really aren't that different. The things that our desires, our tendencies, our habits, uh, the things we want, um, what we don't want, whatever, like all these things aren't really the things that make us happy, like community, we're not that different. You know, we, and I think that we, we tend to believe that we are, you know, we tend to believe uh, that we, we think that we've evolved. And, but I mean, you look at it like, how, this idea of sitting at a cubicle and, and doing a, a job that requires you to sit down um, for most of the day is, you know, it's been around for a little bit, but yet our bodies haven't adapted to it. You know, th there's that saying, sitting is the new smoking. It it really, it's very harmful to, to your health. It's harmful to, to to your mood, to your hormones. It affects every part of uh, uh, of you. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we want to believe that we can adapt to things quickly. But I think that when we've been living a certain way for so long and used to a certain environment for so long that and now technology is evolving so quickly that we just aren't keeping up. You know, our bodies aren't our, you know, and, and our minds. And and and, uh, and I think that's why you're seeing a lot of uh, issues with depression. You're seeing a lot of issues with, uh, you know, because we're not in commu communities anymore. We're not in uh, around people. We're doing jobs that are pointless. You 
know, that's the other big issue is that people are going to a job and, you know, I, I guess you can blame uh, factories and, and uh, the Industrial Revolution, which, you know, Amer- um, patriotic Americans love to, to think that was the best thing that ever happened. But I mean, now you, you created, you know, McDonald's where just like you have one person do one job instead of having like back in the day, you had a carpenter or a welder who really took pride in their work because they would create everything from beginning to end and and really took pride in now it's like you do a very simple task mindless task yeah and uh and you're easily replaced and which means that you don't feel like you have any value you feel like your job is pointless and i think it contributes to the depression and all this stuff and well then- i mean but okay yeah but to be fair let's look at the other side of that coin because if i had been born a hundred years ago 300 years ago 500 years ago what on earth would I have done to ever live up to my potential as a human being? I mean, I'm sure I haven't met up to the highest potential of my full humanity at this point, but at any rate, I think more so than at any other time in history that I can do something like what I'm doing. So so things are being enabled that were literally unthinkable even 20 years ago, let alone 100 years ago, that, uh, you know, what would I have been doing? I, my family's from Newcastle in England. I guess I would have been down in the coal mines for you know, 16 hours a day, six days a week or something. So I think you would still be a, a reader and researcher and you'd still be a thinker. And I think there'd be, you'd, would I, I mean, would I, would I have even been literate? Uh, you know, I mean, who knows? Well, well, and, well, and even if I was, I mean, would I have had access to books? I mean, these, these are real things. These that, are real things. Uh, Ricky, I, I want to comment on this because I, I, it's, it's important. <laughs> it's important to me. It's you're right. I agree and I disagree with what you're saying. Yes, humanity is pretty much the same. It's like the spiral that is music. In other words, you start in one octave, you come around, and you're in the same place but a higher octave, the same place but a higher octave, and so on, right? So we're, we're different, but we're the same. We're at a higher octave, but we're the same. Now, my point being, one thing that really I learned so much, believe it or not, I learned so much about the state of humanity from watching Game of Thrones. Because, you know, like, for example, the hunt, all right? The hunt in modern times is a sport. The hunt back in those days was a daily necessity to get food. So hunting was part of daily life. Now, the difference being, though, I think technology has has um, calmed us a bit. Because, look, if, if, if the infrastructure went down right now, all electricity went down, and it was like that for the next five years, right? There would be people willing to shoot me for my food, all right? So there's the difference in that, you know, and this is why I also say I could see the mindset of the elite and why they feel they need to control things because they, you know, I I don't think they're all bad people, quite honestly, I really don't. I think some of them do have humanity's sake at at heart. I think they believe they they know better and that yeah. you know and and that we're not intelligent enough to make our own decisions so they have to kind of mold right. that and uh right. I mean we're still primitive creatures I mean have you ever been at a bar at last call you know and a bunch of (laughs) drunk guys who who realize that they have only like 15 minutes to find a girl to bring home i mean they start acting like monkeys if you don't believe you know we don't you know they start you know they it's just it's it's amazing i mean there's still a lot of cases where we start acting like you know we like to believe we're civilized and we don't you know we've evolved from all that but we had a situation it was a few years ago uh where in new england um i well definitely massachusetts and connecticut uh we got snow in october it was a 
uh, I think it was actually like on Halloween or um, it was around uh, my father's birthday, which uh, is around Halloween. And I remember we're celebrating my father's birthday at his house and um, we got snow in October, which didn't seem like what's the big deal, right? We just got snow in October. But because the leaves haven't fallen yet, what happened was that all the snow created this weight on these branches and all these branches start falling, start knocking down all you know all these uh wires and literally everybody <coughs> lost power like my parents were one of the few houses that i i i think didn't or or like lost it late but um, they had some generators so we ended up uh, hanging out there for a little bit but um it was amazing how how all of a sudden people go from like being the most polite and and helping each other out to like i gotta take care of my family screw everybody else and people are cutting in line a gas station try to get gas mm-hmm. and people are rude and and uh and it's just and and it was c- a, kind of a, a nice reminder of like holy shit, like this could happen at any time. Like we're so used to just yeah. waking up and I turn on my yeah. computer and everything works. And, you know, but you don't realize how, how much we, you know, how quickly something can happen and we should, de- we, we need to depend on one another, how much we need one another. We, we we live in these lives where like now, probably more than ever, we can be independent. We can We can live a life on our own and not really need help of anybody else. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take much before yeah. you realize, like, holy shit! If something yeah. went down, we do need one another, and we. You yeah, know. it's the old, uh, it's the old paradox of the urbanization bringing us together. In fact, atomizing us, and we're yeah. more disconnected mm-hmm. than ever. But actually, I, I just realized, Vinny, we got uh, derailed from when you were talking about Alex Collier, and you, I don't think you ever made, finished making that point. Who, who is Alex Collier? Uh, yeah, so he disappeared for a while, and I uh, watched one of his old, old videos recently. And of course, along with the video came the predictions. Oh, ET is going to uh, disclose themselves in 2012, and blah blah blah. And it turned out all this stuff, of course, did not happen. So I have to think to myself: if Alex Collier seems so sincere about this, then he must be crazy. That's the only thing I could come to because when you watch him speak, I mean, I've seen him get so emotional; tears have come to his eyes when he was speaking. And he was talking, what made him emotional like that was talking about the fate and future of humanity and, and, and how we're doomed, you know, whatever. Uh, so, and yeah, go check him out. It's a inter- very, very, very interesting tale. Um, but, you know, again, you're always, this is the big frustrating thing, you're always left with the question mark. Is it true or isn't it? We never know. Well, what do you now, guys- Oh, go on. Sorry. Just one quick thing. I, I just want to say before you know we, we start coming to a close, I, there are two things I want to talk about, bring up. One was my most dramatic uh, UFO experience, and the other was a, a theory that you never heard before about what UFOs are. Okay? Those are the two things. So keep that on the back burner. And, uh, yeah, when you get a chance, check out Alex Collier. It's interesting, to say the least. Well, I was, I was going to mention. Well, I, I actually yeah. have to start winding up, so maybe we could yeah. get your points. Yeah, you let know. me let me make this one point. I was just going to get your opinion on. I know Nikolai Tesla. There's been, you know, some people believe mm. that he sent a signal out to space, and I think he 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 said that he actually got a signal back, or somebody ended up getting some type of signal back. Um, I mean, he was a very bright guy. I mean, definitely a little weird, but I mean, I guess all bright guys are <laughs> anybody who's a genius like that uh or, or a little uh a weird but he tend to believe that there was something out there and um you know again uh, i think it's naive to think that there isn't and uh what would they want to do with you know our, our we we've done what was that uh that project that we we'd send we did some nuclear testing in outer space i mean something like that 
could get their attention. You know, I, I, I don't think they would really give a shit about our, our, our planet unless we became a threat to maybe, right. you know, other the, the whole universe, you know, causing some rift or, or, or whatever. So, I mean, that whole whole thing is, is pretty interesting. But, uh, Vinny, go go on with your, um, you know, your theory of UFOs that we haven't heard before. Yeah. Well, tell us about your experience. First. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All right. This is my second ever experience, and it was with the girl who I, lo- who I lost my virginity to. By the way, I was 21 years old when I lost my virginity. Look at how much I missed out on. What? Um, you played the guitar. Yeah, I man. thought that's why we picked up a guitar to get laid. I was very shy. You're probably like, shy. you know, like I put all these hours of practicing, and I still waited till I was 21. Yeah, yeah. You figured I get. <laughs> well, to this day, you know, my male friends say to me, "You play guitar like that, and you're not getting laid." I said, "I always say, look, this is." in the 70s anymore guys you know (laughs) (laughs) if i was a high power attorney i'd be getting laid like crazy that is true Um, yeah in in any case uh the experience was um i had this girlfriend and we decided to do a romantic night over at the beach and she lived on eastern uh, uh in eastern long island now if you've ever been to long island on the east part of it it's very there's a vibe they're really, it's spooky as hell. There's all these secretive government institutions, Brookhaven Labs, Plum Island, Grumman. They're all back there. And it's very, I get chills when I think about it. It always, even as a young boy, I was a conspiracy theorist because something scared me about what was going on out, out there. Uh, in any case, uh, so we thought we'd have this romantic evening on the beach. And we, we go over, and by the way, we were very close to Brookhaven Labs, right? And, uh, we're standing there looking out on the ocean and remember those old radium watches where they would glow the numbers would glow green in the dark it was that color green something like um oval started rising out of the water and it was pretty huge i mean it was basically the size of a submarine it was huge and we see this green thing rising out of the water and we looked at each other and all we could do was say let's get the fuck out of here right now and to this day, I wish I could revisit that because I want to remember what actually happened. But we uh, we got the hell out of there. We went to the nearest diner. It was like a sci-fi movie. The diner was empty. There was one waitress behind the counter. That was it. And she could see we were visibly shaken up. You know, what's wrong with you guys? Oh, we just saw the weirdest thing in the water. And, and she goes, you know, a lot of people report like glowing green objects in the water around here it, it must be some experiment they're doing you know so that was that was a very i i've had a bunch of i have a ton of sightings but that was one of the really dramatic ones now uh to hear my friend in sweden who i've mentioned to you before who gives me kind of inside information and stuff like this i can always count on him to give me a perspective that i never thought of before now, if you go back to the Grand Ham- Hancock thing and say there was ancient technology, right? Say that there was a civilization that had it. And say it was a very spiritually advanced civilization. What he told me is, he does, first of all, he doesn't believe we're being visited. He says it's a very, very, very rare thing that we would get visited by extraterrestrials. However, there are ancient rishis, a rishi is an enlightened master, from way back millennia ago, and um, they have craft, and he claims that these craft um, are stationed in the outer part of the solar system near Saturn, right? And these ancient wise masters stay out of Earth politics. They're there to do something else, all right? 
and it has to do something with the maintenance of the solar system. I know this sounds absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> James <is> agree. <laughs> and as far as Roswell goes, he he also says that the uh, the elite do have a limited form of technology, but they can't they can't go interstellar yet, um, uh, and they can't go as far out as as the outer planets. They haven't been able to do that. Um, so he he said that Roswell was an experimental craft, and it makes sense. Roswell was an experimental craft. They had to use the balloon story to cover the fact that they had this experimental craft they were working on. So I don't believe it was extraterrestrial, the Roswell thing at all, honestly. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's the far out version of what these craft may be. Yeah, but I saw the autopsy. I saw the <laughs> autopsy, Vinny. <laughs> yeah, right. And that yeah. uh, the Operation Starfish Prime was that uh, that time that that's what it was called when uh, we did uh, nuclear. In '62, it was uh, we did some nuclear testing in outer space, uh, something like that. You figured, you know, might get the attention of something out there. Uh, may- right. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, wow, that was great. We got the attention of someone outside of <laughs> his window. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, it is. It, it the whole thing is interesting. I mean, I, it makes you wonder, like, okay, if if you can, who knows, like travel so many light years to make it to Earth. Your 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 spaceship is just gonna crash, and it can't handle like uh this you know the same crash test that a modern car can. I mean, I don't get it. You know, it it does seem hard to believe that it is something out of. But again, the other thing about like traveling, the argument about like oh how would they make it here and who you know, it's like our understanding of time and space. I mean, it's still developing. We we're barely scratching the surface. So I mean, explain the internet to people you know living uh, a thousand years ago. You know, it just it sounds. Just yeah. as crazy as traveling a billion light years, so uh, it's anything's possible, and and who knows? And going back to what we talked about with Atlantis, and and you know, if there's some other uh, planet with some life form, and their technology is advancing quicker than ours, or maybe their civilization's been around longer than ours, and they're just further ahead. I mean, who knows what you know what we're going to discover in the next hundred years, two hundred years, a thousand years? Who knows? So. Uh, if we hopefully all stay alive and and uh, we don't freaking blow up this planet on, on in the process, uh, I think that we could eventually. I mean, time could be one of those things that, uh, who knows? You know, our understanding of it could change. So it's all really interesting because we're probably, you know, in our life, we might see some great discovery that could completely change our perspective on what reality is and 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 travel and time and all these things and you know quantum physics and you know who out of I, basically the term is the only thing I understand about it is uh, I don't know anything about quantum physics every time I hear somebody try to describe it it only makes less sense to me so it's uh, you know who, who knows you know so I think it's it's the, I think that's what makes this topic so interesting and uh, and you know it was fun to talk about it so um, so so you see Ricky Schrodinger has this cat that's alive and dead until you look at it that's quantum physics. You're right. That's right. A, that, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like it's moving and not moving, and then uh, the observer. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Yeah. It makes you wonder if if it's just a bunch of scientists playing, uh, you know, a joke on the public because it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 sometimes it's it gets further and further removed from day to day reality. Yeah, I'm like, are they purposely trying to make me feel dumb because it's working? And it's like, <laughs> you know, like if if it sounds. But again, like some of these people that we we that talk about seeing UFOs and. 
I mean, just because they don't have the resume that a scientist, it's funny how we 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 take somebody's opinion uh, more serious than others based on who they are, and it's. Uh, well, I noticed you got that dig in at Southerners and inbreeding. <laughs> I love Southerners, I mean, actually. You know, there are the stereotypes that go around. You know, it's all drunken hick rednecks or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Why, yeah. Why do certain people, oh, he wears a lab coat. He must be trustworthy. But I will yeah. say, unfortunately, if you have an English, English accent, you sound smarter, even if you're not. And if you have a Southern accent, you, you sound dumber, even if you're not. It's an un- unfortunate thing. It, it is one of those things where we automatically hear a, a accent or, or possibly who we think they are. And we... we, we you know, if I'm not as well spoken as this person, uh, I might be arguing about, you know, maybe 9-11 or something like that. And this person might be arguing with me. And based on his ability to maybe argue better or or, or, or sound smarter in, in the process sound of better, arguing. You know. Yeah, sound better. But spoken, spoken like a true American, Ricky, because trust me, if uh, if someone from London heard my dad speaking, they wouldn't think that sounded smart. <laughs> That's, oh, you speak like a Geordie. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. from the wrong part of England. <laughs> well, England definitely has that class thing that still exists. Yeah, very much so. And and you see it with uh, with their names. You know, it's like Christopher Hitchens. You can't you can't be called Chris. You know, you can't be called Chris. Yeah. You're you're Christopher <laughs> Hitchens. You know, you have to let people know you're you know what class you're in. So it 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 is weird. And uh, but actually, I have a green card and I'm not American yet. I have a couple. Oh, anchor, okay. I have a couple anchor babies. So I'm trying to uh, do the Mexican. I'm thing. sorry to assume. I'm sorry to assume. <laughs> I'm trying to do the the Mexican thing and, and have a couple anchor babies say in this country. So um, you know, but yeah. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, of course. But yeah, very interesting topic. I want to uh, email you both. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, go I ahead. Yeah, you. yeah. Email me. Email me. Uh, one, a musician, because that's very interesting. That's that's, and then uh, also that the uh, the other person that you're bringing up recently, uh, and and maybe we'll all do a little bit more research on Bob Lazar and uh, and there's somebody else that I was going to bring up too. Uh, I think uh, Zachary uh, Stitchens. Stitchens. Oh, Stitchens. Zachary Stitchens. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's another yeah. interesting person. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, interesting threads to to this. So. Uh, well, but- I think next time we should talk about the robot takeover, because if uh, if we do meet extraterrestrials, it'll probably be our robots that we send out into space that'll meet them, right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, if we, you know, downloading, we've been talking about downloading consciousness yeah. into it, to, you know. But again, what the what the hell is consciousness? Who I was before this podcast started, after hearing these stories, I'm not sure I'm the same person anymore. So if I downloaded my consciousness prior to this podcast, uh, that person might be different than you know, post this mm-hmm. podcast. So it's like, I don't think consciousness is this one thing that stays still. It's constantly changing. And, you know, and so it, it is weird, this idea that people think that you can one day be able to download it. And, and it's like, well, is that really who I would be and who I am? You know, it, it's an interesting uh, debate. Oh, by the way, I did speak to my uh, my friend about that whole idea. He totally says, he says it's it's utterly impossible to download a person into a computer. It's not going to happen. Um, and by, by the way, it, it's mind that constantly changes. Consciousness itself is a steady mm. light behind mind. Mm. Hmm. You, I knew that musician would come up with something artistic to say, <laughs> something poetic to say to end it. <laughs> anyway, right. real, oh, oh, I got to run. No, if you want to wrap up. Just real quick, I want to send you a photograph my friend Savannah took in downtown Los Angeles. She sent it to me and said, Vinny, what do you think this is? I didn't see it in the viewfinder. And it's a very weird looking thing 
that's looks like a crap but also looks organic i gotta send it to you guys because that's a first person account that's somebody who i know who wasn't bullshitting me i know that so uh well, i gotta the, show you that photo. well the interesting thing is now with so many high resolution cell phones and high def like why isn't there more pictures when when the cameras were crappy and nobody really had you know it, it wasn't as available there was tons of sightings and pictures and grainy pictures, this and that. And now you would assume, but I wonder if it's because, back to what I talked about, how often are we looking up? Today, more than ever, we're looking down at our cell phones, yeah. right? So, yeah. I mean, if we didn't have cell phones, maybe, you know, we maybe we, we did spend more time looking up at the stars because it was much more interesting than anything else, where now it's like you go anywhere and everybody's looking down. So, I mean, maybe that could be uh, the answer to that question. But uh, it, it is interesting. You would think that there'd be some high-resolution something somewhere that you know that if they're you know or maybe they stopped coming i mean it's just the whole thing is is pretty crazy and and um it, it does seem like government technology is a much uh i think pr pl plausible explanation to, to many of these cases but mm -hmm. again but we all agree that you know this goes back but we also do agree that it's naive to think that we're the only civilization out mm -hmm. there you absolutely know? So, mm -hmm. um so it is interesting. Yeah. But, well, uh, I have a feeling, just a feeling, just a hunch, there's going to be a bit of feedback to this conversation. So I'm looking for it. <laughs> you know, call me crazy, but I have a feeling. Well, probably yeah. from your fans, because uh, I'm, I'm, I've, I've had, uh, you know, oh, actually, I don't know, because I've never really talked about this topic either. I've had people ask me, like, well, how come you haven't done a show on ETs or UFOs? And I'm like... It's going to be a lot of I don't knows. I'm like, do you want to hear a two hour yeah. conversation that I don't yeah, knows? Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's it's you know, there is some things that, you know, like the Bob Lazar story. There's, um, you know, the Phoenix Lights there are some things that kind of keep it alive and keep it interesting. But uh, there is a lot of just unknowns. And uh, I think it makes it hard for somebody like us to, to talk about this with being sure of anything. And and uh, but again, I think. You know, because we can't be sure. I mean, it's like the whole um, atheists against creationist argument. It's like the, if you're if you're sure of anything, I'm done listening because you can't be sure. There's some mm -hmm, there's some mm -hmm. topics we just can't be sure of. You know, I always joke around and, and you know, I people say, or you know, you're atheist, right? And I'm like, kind of, but I don't like leaving a team to join another team. And I'm like, I don't like you know these labels because now these you know these people become a gang and, and they're doing the same things that they hate this gang for and right um, so I, I think it becomes a, a real issue and so uh yeah i, I think it, there's nothing wrong with just saying you don't know you know and and so but uh thanks again Good guys title for the episode i don't know <laughs> <laughs> the et question yeah yeah all right okay awesome but, thank but you thanks, guys, guys. Um, i, I right, feel right, like right. looking forward to our next conversation so yeah. uh if this is what it's like to go to a therapist i'm uh, enjoying these conversations i uh, <laughs> i might actually get one just i'm like i feel like a therapist would do the same thing like just talk just talk just go ahead and talk. <laughs> <laughs> well i always enjoy it yeah all thanks right. guys thank we'll keep in touch right. and uh, we'll definitely do another one Thanks, guys. All Take right. care. Enjoy the rest of your Take night. Care. Take care. Good night. Bye. Good night. Uh,